I was born missing my leg and, you know, for a while my mom was a single parent. And I just remember from, from the very beginning, she never treated me like I was handicapped, like I was disabled, like I was lacking anything. Welcome to the show, folks. This is Wrestling Changed My Life. Here we go. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time and I spent wrestling, if it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest today is the great and powerful Anthony Robles. Anthony was born without his right leg and still went on to win an NCAA championship for Arizona State. Unbelievable accomplishment. And as you can imagine, this is an all-time great podcast. Our fan of the week goes to Adam Canty, who's the pride of St. Rita, hell of a wrestler for the Mustangs back in his day. Thank you for tuning in. This episode is brought to you by WrestlingChangeMyLife.com. Past episode and all of our top videos, such as the one with Tom Brands talking about John Smith, can be found via those beautiful keystrokes. Now, give it up for this podcast with Anthony Robles. We picked this conversation up with Anthony talking about his pull-up record that he set last November at the Jets game. What happened was a, a friend of mine at the gym tagged me on a, a Facebook video of the former Guinness World Record holder breaking the pull-up record, and he put a question mark, you know, and <laughs> I, I knew what the question mark meant, you know, and I, he was trying to challenge me in it. So uh, I set off, I trained for a year to uh, go for that pull-up record, and last November, is November 11th, actually, in New Jersey, I had the opportunity, and uh, I broke the record by one. I did 62 in a minute. I think you're being modest when you say it was in New Jersey. It was at the Jets game, people. <laughs> it was at, it was at <laughs> oh, a football <yeah>. stadium. <laughs> oh, man, it, it was an amazing experience Just to have 80,000-plus fans there cheering for me. You know, it was an honor. And, uh, uh, you know, I just felt like I, I wanted to use that platform to show people, you know, it, you're, you're never too old and you never have to stop setting goals for yourself, you know, to, to stop pushing yourself to do better. And I felt like uh, I'm constantly looking for something to push me, you know, constantly looking for that next mountain to climb. So. I was just grateful for the opportunity and, and really happy that uh, I got it done. Couldn't straighten my arms for about a week after that, but uh, it was worth it. <laughs> Seriously, they pushed you that hard to get to that 62, huh? Oh, it, it did, man. And, and uh, you know, the thing I didn't factor in was, uh, it was <laughs> the cold weather. I think it was like low 40s, 41 degrees, overcast and raining. And, uh, you know, I've been used to training in the gym. It's, you know, what, 80 degrees in there. So it was a little different. <laughs> wow. Did it, did it impact your grip at all? Uh, it wasn't so much my grip. I think it was just my lungs burnt up, and I I felt like my muscles uh, hit the wall quicker than I expected. You wow. know, I, I felt like uh, I had a point in my head where I wanted to rest, 
and I felt like, you know, just being up on that bar in the arena, I felt like my muscles were fatiguing quicker than, uh, you know, I was used to in practice. So it was a little different. I had to make some adjustments, but, uh, you know, luckily I got it done. Actually, I didn't even know I broke the record until I got off the bar uh, and my girlfriend hugged me. I, I lost track of my count and I just thought to myself, I'm going to keep going until they tell me to stop. So, <laughs> Dude, that's, that's so savage. Now, did you, when you started, you said you did it for a year. When you started, could you not do 62 in a minute or how, like how far off were you? Uh, the first time I did it, actually, I want to say I did, I did 50 in a minute. And, uh, you know, it was just trying to break that, that last 12 to, to, you know, hit the record that took me a while. And so, you know, I was just kind of focusing on just conditioning my muscles, getting stronger to be able to, uh, you know, last all the way through. And uh, I, I, mean, I pushed myself hard. I was doing uh, two day workouts. I put a, <laughs> put a pull up bar upstairs so every time i went up the stairs in my house i had to do a minimum of 40 pull-ups non-stop so uh every day i was at least putting in 250 pull-ups even oh on my rest days so. i'm sure you're familiar with the guy by the name of david goggins you heard that name oh absolutely yeah. i just read his book actually dude absolute uh absolute animal as well and he did the pull-up record in 24 hours and you, you talk about that guy, I mean, he, he had to do it a couple times because, like, his bicep tore off the bone. So, dude, maybe that's your next move, man. <laughs> the 24-hour the mark. <laughs> I, I thought about that one. My, my girlfriend's like, don't you dare. You know, I was showing her pictures as I was reading the book of his hands and, <laughs> you know, yeah. things that happened to him. But actually, uh, the cool thing is, is uh, I'm actually getting ready to hopefully try to break another Guinness record for pull-ups in November. Uh, this one's with a 40-pound pack attached to me. And uh, so this one's going to be going for a good cause. You know, we're going to be trying to support the Amer disabled American veterans. So, you know, I've been training nonstop and I'm hoping to uh, hopefully crack another record here soon. Amen, baby. Well, I don't know how we can uh, maybe we'll just follow your social to see if that when that goes down. But is there any way we could watch that or? Yeah, we're actually we're getting everything together right now, all the details. And I'll be posting some stuff on social media. But I mean, if you guys could support I'd be honored. You know, it's, it's a great cause. And I mean, I, I believe. You know, all the politics aside, I believe we live in the, in the greatest country in the world. You know, we've blessed with a lot of opportunities, and, you know, I, I've had the, the chance to live that American dream, and I'm just happy to uh, try to give back and support our troops and those people who have put so many, so much of their lives on hold and sacrificed so much for us, you know, to have these opportunities, so. I love it, man. Well, whatever we can do, let me know. We'll, we'll push it out there, and my, my cousin's in the, in the service, so to your point, man, politics aside, you got to love and respect for the for the guys and girls uniform now and before. So that's an awesome cause, man. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm happy to get back in support. So Now, you're doing all these crazy uh crazy stunts now breaking records, but you know, back in the day, man, you were just a, uh, you know, a freshman at at high school and never wrestled before and so, you know, how did this all start for you? Man, it was just uh I was very fortunate. You know, I, I was born and raised in Southern California. Uh we actually we moved to Arizona. It was in June right before I started my freshman year of high school. And up until that point, I had never even seen an actual wrestling match, not in high school, nothing in college. I, I, you know, I hadn't been introduced to the sport, but my cousin who lived in Arizona in Tucson, he was about three years older than me and he was wrestling for his varsity team at South Point High School. And you know, every time I got on the phone with him, he's always trying to talk me into wrestling. Just try, like, I think he'd be good at it. But, uh, you know, it wasn't until that summer that we moved that uh, and I was spending a lot of time with them and he actually was taking me to his wrestling practices and while they were doing their, their practices I was just on the side just lifting weights you know just curling and, and doing pull-ups and that sort of thing and I remember one day uh you know his coach came up to me and he asked me he's like hey do you want to want to roll around today he's like our, our lightweight needs someone to, to roll with and 
they had a 103 pounder. I was only 90 pounds. And so, you know, I was like, oh, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm good. You know, I'm just going to keep lifting, you know, stick, stick to myself. But, uh, my cousin came in shortly after and he's like, Hey, just try it one time. He's like, if you don't like it, I'll never bring you back. And man, I, I got out there on the mat. I didn't know what I was doing, but, uh, you know, I, I just, I scrapped, you know, I tried my best. I got my butt kicked, but you know, from that point on, I just, I had that passion for the sport, you know, just that, that toughness that it takes, that, that mentality that you need to have to be able to go out there and battle another person, you know, one-on-one, I just, I fell in love with it. Well, dude, you're the second guy we've had in the podcast who wrestled at Arizona State and had a lot of success that started in high school. The first was Sean Charles. He told me he started in high school, and I couldn't believe it because he was like a three-time state champ, and you went on to be a two-time state champ as well. So it's man, something in the water in Arizona because like where I'm from <laughs> in the Midwest, people start way young you know, and, and are lucky to even qualify for the Nationals. So that's incredible. Uh, thank you. Yeah, and Coach Charles, man, he, he's a stud. Actually, I just had a barbecue with him last week, but still keeping close touch. You know, he actually lives, I want to say, five minutes away from me now. But, you know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, he shared with you the same thing. It's just wrestling, you know, it just pulls you in. You know, when you're passionate about something, and, and I was about wrestling, it was like, that was all I wanted to do. You know, I mean, all summer long, I was in the wrestling room. I was training. I was watching videos. You know, I was a, a big fan of the Hawkeyes in high school. You know, so I was watching the Iowa Hawkeyes, the season documentary and things like that, just trying to improve and get better. So, you know, it just became something I just, uh, I live wrestling. Dude, that, I, for, I forgot about that the season when ESPN did that. I, I used to watch that all the time. I haven't heard that come up in a long time, though. That's that's way back, man. That's early 2000s. Oh, yeah. That, that was my favorite, man. I, honestly, uh, you know, in high school, I, I hit my growth spurt during, uh, I want to say it was my sophomore or junior year of high school hit that growth spurt so I was having to watch my weight and you know every practice every day after practice I'd pop that video in and I'd jump on the Airdyne bike and just ride you know just get my weight down <laughs> started to memorize that that uh, documentary dude the scene at the beginning when Tom Brands is sitting there kind of like sitting down and he's talking about how wrestling is like selfish and mean it, it just got me going dude every single time oh yeah that fires me up. I, I know the scene exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> he's in the grays, and yeah, he's just sitting on the mat. It's it's a really cool, uh, really cool documentary. Now, it's everything you read about you. It seems like your mom had a big impact on your belief on what was possible and you know, not putting ceilings on yourself. And so, you talk about how that kind of played into wrestling and how you know how that allowed you to have success you know, early on. Yeah, you know, I, I was born missing my leg, and you know, for a while, my mom was a single parent. I just remember from from the very beginning, she never treated me like I was handicapped, like I was disabled, like I was lacking anything. You know, obviously, I knew I was missing my leg, but because of my mom, uh, she taught me to have this mentality to where I saw this as I saw this as a challenge, not something that was going to hold me back. You know, it was just something I had to had to figure out how to deal with, how to adapt, and and just move forward, you know, and so her just motivating me to, to try things growing up, you know, to not shelter me and not protect me. Um, I, I, I just, I wasn't afraid of the failure, you know, I wasn't afraid to, to test myself. And so getting into wrestling, um, I think it really just echoed a lot of things that my mom taught me growing up. You know I mean? When you're out there on the mat against your opponent, it's just you and them. There's no timeouts. There's no subbing, you know, you have to be really confident in your abilities and, and what you're capable of and win or lose, you got to go out there and, and stand tall, you know? And I just, I love that about the sport. I just loved how you go out there with what you've been naturally gifted with and you just build on that. 
you know, every wrestler is unique, but you just go out there, you grind, you figure out a way to win and get the job done. There's no excuses. Right. No, I mean, that's that's what we all love about it. And it, it mirrors life in so many ways because sometimes you put everything in and it just doesn't work out for you. And that's really hard to swallow. And if you haven't already experienced that through sport, sometimes it can be like detrimental in the real life if you're in your mid-20s and that's the first time that's happened to you. I absolutely agree. You know, and I've had some stumbles in my life and I've <laughs> had plenty in wrestling. You know, it's a very humbling sport, but I agree. It teaches you, it teaches you a lot about life. You know, how to accept that failure, how to accept those losses and uh, just come back after it. You know, how, how to how to rebuild and, and just uh, move forward and, and just, you know, get tougher. You know, and, and I feel like, uh, you know, just being in the sport, it's made me a better human being, a stronger man. And, and I'm just very grateful for those experiences that I had in wrestling. The only thing I wish is that I wish I would have started earlier, you know, right. before 14. Well, I mean, so you, yeah, to your point, so you start your freshman year and like, like anyone who's just getting into it. You don't have a lot of success early on, and you know I, I've read that your record was like five and eight or something like that. But then uh, your sophomore year, you get a new coach, and he kind of changed your style. And from what I read, is that kind of helped you get the style you have now, where you're wrestling on the one knee, and that had to be a huge turning point for you because then you're starting to see success, right? And your, I mean, your grip strength is well documented. Um, that had to start playing into it, and allow you to see some wins your sophomore year. Oh, it absolutely did. You know, I was blessed with some some great coaches. My my high school coach, head coach Bobby Williams. You know, when I got to him my sophomore year that summer, um, like I said, I was in that room all summer long. You know, and so he was just really good at uh, just trying to come up with a unique style that was going to fit for me. And uh, you know, initially I did start off from that neutral position on standing up like everybody else, but just you know, just having having those issues with balance, not being able to to attack. You know, not being able to to shoot quickly and, and change angles and, and, you know, different directions like that. Uh, coach saw that right away. And so he said, you know, what? we're going to use your arms like another leg. You got to drop down. And, you know, initially I fought him on, on it, but uh, you know, he was right. And he started building things like naturally walking around on crutches all day. It's like, I'm doing dip 24 seven, you know? So my upper body was strong. My grip was strong. And he said, we're going to build on that too. You know, he used to make me do a, a rock climbing wall every single day at the beginning of practice. I do front hangs from it, just have a stopwatch underneath me. And I'd walk around in my, my high school in between classes and in class. I just sit there and squeeze a tennis ball in both hands, you know, just to build up that grip strength. So, uh, I was just very fortunate to have a coach who was willing to, uh, to take the time to help me develop a, a style that, uh, people have never seen before, you know, and, uh, it was cool because my teammates were awesome. They were very supportive. So, you know, in practice, as I started to get better, and my record got better and, you know, the, the targets started to form on my back. Um, you know, my coaches and my, my teammates, we'd sit there and we'd try to just really uh, strategize what uh, my opponents would bring at me. You know, say, okay, you know, you're, you're low, so they're going to try to run you over. You know, they're going to try to run right through you. You've got to keep you low. They throw out an opponent to do that, you know, and, and they just, they really just helped me to develop a style and also have answers for when people would come at me with different things to try to defeat me. That's cool that everyone was was kind of helping out, and it doesn't surprise me in the wrestling world. But I was going to ask, like before you got into wrestling, middle school, I know you had some some issues at home with your stepdad, and I've read about that. But like, did you have to experience any of the bullying that you hear about um, nowadays, or or not so much because you were so athletic? Um, I experienced a little bit of it, but I think for me, you know, because I was athletic and I was always trying to be active in something. You know, before wrestling, I, I played uh, football. I played flag football, sixth and seventh grade, and then uh, 
tackle football in ninth grade um, right before I got into wrestling. So uh, I think that really helped me just because I was always kind of part of a team, you know, so I had those, those people around me to help kind of support and, uh, you know, just who had my back, you know. So, But there were a couple of occasions where I experienced certain things, you know, and, and, and you know, people said certain things to me, which, which it hurt. But, uh, you know, I, what I tell people is, you know, you got to use that negativity of others as, as motivation. You know, I mean, it, it doesn't matter who you are or what you what you do, how good you are, at what you do. There's always going to be someone that's going to talk negative, unfortunately. You know, it's just kind of the world we live. But you got to use that as, as something that's going to push you to move forward. You know, I mean, once you get to your mountaintop, once you reach your goal, what are they going to say? You know, you can just turn back and smile at them, you know, and that, that's the best. Uh, to me, that's the best type of vengeance in the world. You know, you reach your goal. You don't let anybody stop you. Well, especially when you literally have no control over what someone else says to you. So if you have the ability to not let that impact you emotionally, that's such an advantage in wrestling or in life because it's it's a liability to constantly be worried about what other people are saying because you literally have no control over it. Absolutely. You know, it's just an unnecessary weight that, that you, you know, you don't need to have. You know, you just got to remember that. I mean, it's in the end of the day, the opinion of others, it really doesn't matter. You know, what matters is what you think, what you believe in and how you move forward with that you know you can't let you can't the way i see it is i, I don't want to be at the end of my life you know looking back wishing i would have done certain things wish i would have tried certain things because and, and not done it because i was afraid of what others said you know or because others talked me out of it or you know they made me feel bad you know that, that doesn't matter you know you go with, go with what your your gut says and, and just move forward well and kind of to that point you know coming out of high school you were a two-time state champ you won the nhscas your senior year but you weren't really recruited a lot. And that, that that's kind of surprising to me, honestly. Um, you actually walked on to ASU. And so what was that transition like getting to Arizona state coming off of a really successful career in high school? Uh, it, it was humbling. You know, I, I uh, like you said, you know, I did pretty well in high school, high school national champ. I thought I was going to be getting those scholarship offers, you know, those wrestling offers and, you know, just being on the honor roll. I thought it was, it was a no brainer, but, you know, when I didn't get those offers and, you know, people kind of turn their backs on me, uh, I just kind of use that again as motivation to prove them wrong. You know, and I was fortunate to where Arizona State had a, a solid wrestling program, a great history of good wrestlers that, that came through the program. Uh, you know, I talked to those coaches and they offered me that walk-on spot, you know. And, and so, uh, I mean, for two years, I had a, a night job at the local airport. I was at the Sky Harbor Airport here in Phoenix. And, uh, you know, so after class, after practice, I'd go to the airport and I was uh, washing and waxing airplanes uh, to go over the rest of my, my tuition and, and cost of living, you know, but, uh, what? you know, you were, you were yeah. working while you were wrestling and going to school. I, I was, man. I was working, working, wrestling <laughs> and going to school for two years. It was, man. uh, <laughs> it, it was rough, you know, but, uh, I mean, it, it uh, I felt like, uh, you know, what I was chasing, it was going to be, the reward was going to be worth it. You know, I just had to hang tough, and eventually I was going to get what was owed to me. Wow. I mean, the demands of a D1 athletic schedule without class or a job are a lot. You factor in class and then a job, it's like, holy smokes, man. You are one driven dude. And so did you, I mean, we all know how it turned out. You're a national champ, three-time All-American, but how long was the learning curve for you when you got to college? where you started feeling good about yourself in practice and getting you getting some good looks from the coaches? Um, well, you know, I, I've always been one to, to try to go for the best guys in the room. You know, I mean, that, I, that was taught to me early on. You know, if you want to be the best, you got to train with the best. So, you know, I just remember going after the best guys as a, a 
true freshmen, you know, at Arizona State, just trying to wrestle the the seniors and the guys who had the experience. And uh, that first year, the first year actually at WrestleOps, um, I ended up getting pinned in like I think it was the beginning of the second period. I hadn't been pinned since I was like a sophomore in high school, so it was uh it was really humbling. But uh, you know, I just kept coming back for more, and I'd say I'd say right around my second season, so my redshirt freshman year. Right towards the middle of the season, it was when I, I really felt like I was uh, figuring it out. You know, I felt like the, the earlier matches, the earlier part of the season, I was kind of uh, still kind of figuring out my style, you know, and especially trying to figure out what was going to work in college, you know, because, you know, just just that uh, just going from that high school to college, it's a big gap. You know, there, there's certain moves you can do in high school that, you know, you're not going to get away with at the college level. And I had to figure that out. I had to learn it for myself. And really kind of it forced me to clean up my technique a little bit you know but uh i'd say i'd say honestly after my freshman year at nationals i remember you know just being able to wrestle against angel escobedo in the earlier uh brackets and just seeing him in the finals you know i, I felt like man you know i had a good match with that dude i, I can be up there too you know and, and that just kind of gave me that uh that excitement and, and that confidence in myself just knowing one day i could be on that uh, that platform you know that that final mat platform so that's where Kenny Belisa, what was possible, moved up another notch, so to speak. That 2000 tournament. Absolutely. Yeah, just going out there and I'd say just scrapping with Angel and, you know, a couple of other tough guys in that uh, in that bracket. I, I know I wrestled Tanner Gardner from Stanford. I think I was ended up being one match away from uh, being an All-American. You know, I, I hit a, uh, tried to hit a boot scoot <laughs> with like 10 seconds left in the third. Didn't work out for me. I ended up losing. But, uh, you know, I was just, just that experience alone, you know, just scrapping with those those guys who were the elite. I felt like, you know, I could be there with them. You know, I could hang with them. When you talk about Escobedo, you had him legitimately the first round. I mean, what a tough draw for that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and you 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 only lost four two. I mean, that that's probably the worst draw ever because such a unique style. And then, I mean, obviously, you're three time All American, so you know what you're doing. I mean, how did did that match? Go pretty close. I mean, I know the score is four two, but like, how how did it feel? It went. It was really close. You know, I felt like I came out on. on I was, uh, you know, going after him, and I think I got the first takedown and made a little couple mistakes here and there that he really capitalized on. You know, he's just a smart wrestler, great technical wrestler, and uh, you know, I think I think in the end, and honestly, I ended up picking bottom in the third, and I just couldn't get away from him. Uh, so you know, again, there was another thing I had to figure out. You know, how to get out from bottom, but. Uh, uh, you know, just going into that match, I was nervous. I knew who he was, but, you know, my mentality was I felt like I was going to be the bad draw for anybody. You know, no matter what they're ranked, you just got to have that belief. I, I think that's what wrestling teaches you. You know, you got to go out there. You got to believe you're the you're the alpha. You know, you're the one that they got to beat. You got to go out there and scrap. And so didn't come out on top on that one. But, uh, you know, I, I felt like I, I, I had a lot of takeaways that were, was going to help me improve to become what I wanted to be, you know, to, to reach that championship status and, and that uh, – you know, get that caliber type of wrestling out of myself. You know, as much as I like to ask people about their successes, I'm also fascinated what their mindset's like when, when they don't reach what they want. And, you know, going into your junior year, no question, you probably felt like you were going to win it. And yet a, a tough loss in the semis to long, you know, and then end up getting seventh. I mean, you lost to Nickerson like two to one. So like, that's just a crazy draw in the wrestlebacks. But um, talk to us a little bit about you know, Sunday or Monday after the nationals, where were you at mentally? And like, how did you get back up on the horse and get going for your senior year? Cause it had to be a tough one, your junior year. 
It was, man. Honestly, that that match against Long, it just it broke me. You know, I remember, you know, I came off the mat after I was just crying under the tunnel. You know, after that thing, and uh, I felt like just the rest of that tournament, I just kind of wrestled. <laughs> you know, not to my best. It was just in my head. But honestly, I mean, I didn't step on a wrestling mat for months after that uh, tournament, after months. the national tournament my junior year. Months. I uh, what? You know, typically at. Oh, yeah. I mean, typically, you know, I'm in the wrestling room all summer long. I'm training. Uh, I mean, that was the first summer I didn't wrestle at all. I just I, I stayed away from Arizona State wrestling room. I didn't lift with the team. You know, obviously, I was working out on my own. But, uh, you know, for me, I was honestly thinking about and really considering uh, not coming back my senior year. Um, you know, I told the coaches I need some time to think about it. And I mean, there are a lot of family things going on, you know, like with my stepdad, he kind of walked out of my family, my mom. You know, she was struggling to support uh, my three brothers and my sister on her own. You know, they were kind of getting kicked out of her house at the time. So there were a lot of just uh, outside challenges that were affecting me, you know. But uh, I just remember, actually, I think it was late July, um, coaches called me into ASU. I guess they had a, a package for me. And so, you know, I show up there and he hands me this big manila envelope and I go home, open it up and is actually just a bunch of individual letters from a group of third graders from Atlanta. And uh, so what had happened was, I guess their teacher was a former wrestler. And so earlier that uh, season, my junior year, uh, it was USA Wrestler, the magazine. They had did a little article on me and he had read that article to his class. And so the class, they decided to write me as their, their hero of the week. And this was after, you know, they decided to write me after I lost. And so just to receive these notes from these, these kids, you know, just, I read all it, all of them, you know, I mean, it brought me to tears, man. And that was the first time for me, honestly, that, uh, I felt like I was wrestling for more than just myself and, and just, a a trophy, you know, just a, a nas- the national champion title. You know, I, I felt like, uh, you know, me being born this way with my challenges, I felt like these kids were looking at me, uh, kind of as a role model, you know, and I, I felt like it was a bigger cause. I wanted to show them that, you don't let the challenge get the best of you. You know, I mean, sometimes you're going to take those losses, you're going to break, but you got to rebuild, you Holy know, and, and smokes. That is yeah, man. So that's my, heavy. <laughs> I, I'm getting, I'm getting emotional just thinking about that because you, you're distraught about the loss and probably a lot of other things at that time as well. But you think like those kids could care less if you won that year or not. Like they have no idea that you lost along in the semis, right? All they care about is, is the impact you had on them. And, I bet a lot of those kids still remember writing those letters to this day. I mean, do you remember what, what any of them said? I mean, is I'm sure it was just that you inspired them, but do you remember anything in particular that jumped out from those letters? It was just little things, you know, like you said, like inspire me and, and just, uh, you know, one of them said that I think it's amazing that you wrestle with one leg, you know, uh, and uh, he said, uh, I look up to you for not letting your challenge get you down. You know, just little things like that. And it was just cute things too. You know, they're just writing to me about their favorite colors and, <laughs> and how, uh, you know, they, they, they like my tattoos and how I look strong and, you know, just things like that. But it was just, it, it just really touched me. You know, it's like, it's like, man, it's like, I'm, it, this isn't about me. You know, this is a bigger, much bigger cause. And that gave me the fuel I needed to, to come back my senior year, you know? So you were seriously not considering it or did you always know you'd come back? You're just taking some time. Honestly, I was seriously considering not coming back. I was leaning more towards not coming back. You know, I, uh, I was looking at my classes and, and, and figuring out, you know, with my advisor, what I needed to do to possibly graduate by December, you know, because I, I, I just didn't, uh, I didn't want to really, I didn't want to be there. You know, I mean, 
we all know the grind of wrestling, you know, and in college especially. And so like, man, you know, I've been doing this, you know, going on my, my fifth season. If I went back, it's like, man, I put so much into it. The only thing I was going to accept as, as a, except walking away was, was that first place, you know, that, that being a national champion. And I felt like, man, it's a long season just to have that one opportunity possibly. Well, it's you know? like, so, it's like, there's nothing worse than like the Monday after nationals or state or whatever. And you think, man, I just spent the last five months. Like I have to do that all over again. And that lasts for a little bit of time. And hopefully the, the love of the sport comes back to you. But um, I could totally understand where you're coming from. Now, how much of it was, the fact that you lost in such a tight match versus some of the other stuff you had going on that was impacting your decision to come back or not? Uh, honestly, I'd say a big part of it was my family, but I mean, that loss, it, it took a lot out of me. You know I mean? It just, uh, man, you know, it, that was my dream to be a national champion, you know? And it's like, man, every single year you go back hoping to have that chance and opportunity is like, man, no, I only got one shot left, you know, it's like I, I worked my butt off. I did everything I was supposed to do that junior year to win it. And I came up short, you know, it's like, what do I need to do differently to, to make the outcome different, you know, but I think big picture, you know, when I got over all that and, and you know, after I, I, I won, I learned that you learn more from your losses than your wins. You know, it's hard to see that at the, that moment, you know, but I, I think the, the true champions that they figure that out. It's like, you know, when you lose, yeah, it sucks. You know, nobody wants to lose and it's, it'll break your heart, but you got to take the time to figure out why you lost and, and how that can make you stronger. You know, use that as an opportunity to rebuild yourself. And I think that experience, it took me a while, but that experience, it, it did help me to come back stronger and it rebuilt me, well, it, you know, tougher. Well, and like, think about it, like going into Saturday, your senior year of the nationals, you weigh in that morning Fortunately, you're back in the spot where you can win a national title, but because you put so much into it, it had to be weighing on you. I mean, what were you feeling? Like, where were you at mentally going into the final Saturday night, your senior year? Man, it was, <laughs> I was nervous, man. I just remember the whole day after weighing in, I was just super emotional. You know, uh, it, it was pretty cool because my mom, you know, she'd saved up money. So my, my, my siblings and her, they, they flew out to uh, Philadelphia for the tournament. And so, that uh, afternoon, I just hung out with them. You know, we uh, we had some lunch together. We went up to, you know, call them the Rocky Steps. You know, we just kind of walked around. And I just wanted to get my mind off of wrestling, you know. But uh, I just remember just walking to the car after um, lunch, you know, getting ready to head back to the hotel to get ready for the night. Uh, I mean, I couldn't even talk to my mom. You know, I was just so emotional because I felt like, you know, man, you put so much into it. This is your dream. It's like, you know you're seven minutes away now from either realizing your dream or just having that dream crushed. You know, it could be one, one simple mistake and that terrified me, but, uh, you so know, you say you couldn't talk to her. Up, was it that you were like, you would choke up, you were so emotional or you were just so focused. I, I, I could, I would choke up, you know, oh like I, I had the tennis ball in my throat, man. I was, yeah, I was swiping my eyes. I just couldn't talk to her. I just was about to bawl my eyes out. It was, uh, it meant that much to me. And I'm sure a lot of, uh, wrestlers can relate, you know, well, it's like, as you said that, you're like, you get back to the car after lunch, and that's kind of when, all right, it's nice to have family time, but it's go time now. I mean, I'm getting chills talking about it. I wasn't even there. I just love, I love the Division One Nationals, especially on Saturday. And so, I mean, you get to the arena, now it's go time. Are you starting to, to relax once you have the warm-up? 
Uh, honestly, I was scared going right up to the match. You know, I mean, I, I got there early to, to warm up on the actual mat. I, just, I love the, I love the field mat that I'm on. You know, I think, I don't know if it's just me just wrestling so low. I just like to be able to get the feel of it, you know, just, just the, the, the material and all that. And so I, I just did my same warm-ups that I usually do, you know, but, uh, just in my head, it just, obviously it just felt different. You know, I couldn't settle my nerves down. Everything felt like it was just, uh, happening so fast. I was super emotional, but, you know, I'll never forget that moment, um, you know, just running out of the tunnel onto the carpet. And, uh, you know, when I got up on that platform, uh, everything was still crazy in my head. But when I went to my corner, I looked up into the Arizona State section. And, you know, that year we were pretty high up. But mm-hmm. you know, I just remember looking up there and, you know, it was my mom, my siblings were there and my high school coach and, you know, my high school best friend and teammate. His name was Chris Freegy, who I really credit him quite a bit to my wrestling success you know they were just cheering for me you know and I just felt like you know this was meant to be I mean this is my night to win it you know and that's when I settled down and then you really won in a convincing fashion and Matt McDonough's as good as they come you won like seven to one um like what do you remember of the match I'm sure you have memories of it but does anything stick out to you in terms of the actual flow of the match and kind of how it went yeah you know I remember you know, we started off and right away McDonough kind of came at me, collar time me. And, uh, you know, for me, I just remember it was like 30 seconds into the match. I, I kind of relaxed. We were still kind of hand fighting and getting position going. And uh, I just remember thinking to myself, I got to pull the trigger. You know, I got to pull the trigger. I got to fire my shot off. And, uh, you know, for me, uh, I felt like McDonough, I mean, tough wrestler, he, but he was used to controlling the pace of the matches, you know, and I felt like I needed to take control and, and push him you know, keep him on his heels. And when I fired off that first shot, man, that, that's when I kind of settled down, you know, and I was like, okay, it's, it's business. You know, this is what I've trained for and this is what I prepared for. You know, I mean, that whole, that whole season, my senior year, I had a picture of McDonough in my locker, you know, no so way. every day of practice. Oh yeah. Yeah. Every day of practice, man, I'd look at McDonough before and after and I'd say, you know, that's, that's what I'm training for. You know, that that's the guy I'm, I'm trying to beat. Yes, I didn't know that. Let's go. <laughs> Man, that is so <laughs> badass. And then you, I mean, because had you wrestled him before in college? Uh, I had it. No, I know uh, earlier on my senior year, I had gotten invited to All-Stars, the All-Star uh, tournament. Yep. And um, I, I I know they had initially invited McDonough. I think he was getting over uh, some sort of injury. And so uh, he ended up uh, not going. I wrestled Dak Sanders instead. So we never saw each other other than, uh, the national finals, which I think for me, you know, big picture, it was kind of a benefit, you know, because for him, I, I could prepare for his style, you know, but you know, there wasn't anybody that could really mimic what I could do no. uh, in interest. And in so it ended up being a benefit for me, man. And then you, you, I think again, you turned him a couple of times and you won really convincingly. And I mean, that had to be just, I, I don't know if it was the most exciting of feeling of your life because some people talk about having like the post national blues. I, I don't know if you had that at all, but what was uh like, what were some of the memories and uh, emotions you had afterwards? Was it everything you thought or was it, you're kind of looking back thinking about the journey more so than anything else, man, it, it was, it was special, you know, cause I just remember I came off the mat and I was happy, you know, I'm hugging my coaches and uh, you know, I, I ran up to hug my mom really quick, you know, and my siblings were all celebrating and, uh, you know, I came back underneath the tunnel because I wanted to watch Bubba's match. You know, Bubba Jenkins, my, mm-hmm. my teammate that year. And so, you know, I run under the tunnel and, and uh, I had some time to shower first. And so, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready and I'm in there. And, and uh, actually, Kale Tennyson was in there for a little bit. But, 
and I was talking to him and then it was basically just me in this locker room. And that's when it kind of hit me that, uh, as far as the competition goes, my wrestling journey was over, you know? And, uh, I honestly, I, I started crying, you know, I was there in the locker room. I, I just cried because I mean, I, I love the sport so much, you know, and, and there's only, you know, we all have our own window for it as far as the competition goes. And there, there's nothing like that. You know, words can't really describe the ups and downs that you go through as a, a wrestler. You know, just the competition, what you put your body through. And I felt like, man, this is this is the end. You know, I, I reached my mountaintop, but it's like, you know, I was going to miss that journey. I was going to miss uh, those experiences that I had along the way, you know, because it was, uh, it was time for a new chapter after that. Yeah, I mean, man, that's powerful. I, it's just amazing to see how it's you could have like the highest peak of emotions and then 10 minutes later you're crying and some people be like why would you be crying but it's just what you've been focusing on for the past five six seven eight nine years kind of is now gone so to speak and there's nothing really to focus on that that clarity of purpose is gone almost yeah and you know like we talked about earlier just uh trying to find something to challenge myself it it took a while you know it's like i got back to arizona state and it's like man i got all this free time now you know, I'm, I'm not training I, I i'm not lifting weights as, as crazy as i was like what am i gonna do with myself you know well we're excited to see what's next man whatever you do huge fans of you here and um man, I, I just couldn't couldn't be more grateful that you took some time to, to chat with us last question it's what we always wind down with it's also the name of the podcast so no surprise here for the listeners but what life lessons or what kind of principles do you still take with you today even though you're you know, years removed from competing? i say, you know, the way wrestling has changed my life, it's, it's given me the confidence that I need to be successful in life. You know, it doesn't matter what opponent comes my way, what, what the competitor is, how big it is. I feel like I can go out there and stand toe-to-toe with it and, and get my arm raised at the end, you know? And I feel like as far as life lessons go from the sport, uh, I've learned that you, you never let a challenge become an excuse to quit. You know, to give up. You might take your lumps. You might take some losses sometimes, but you just got to accept that. You know, you got to use that as an opportunity to rebuild yourself, you know, and get stronger and, and you come back, you know, because that's what life that's what life is all about. You know, you, you get knocked down, but you got to get back up and, and you move forward. You know, you get stronger and, and you just keep grinding and you'll end up shining at the end. You know, that's why I say you grind now, you shine later. And if someone wants to book you, uh, what's dot com? Is that the best way to, to get in touch with you? Yes, sir. It's anthonyrobles.com. All my contact info is on there. And, you know, we're, we're actually getting ready to make some big announcements here about uh, my movie. We'll be shooting and filming here pretty soon. I was so. going to ask you, man, you got some big name guys working on that. Billy Goldenberg. Is that still going down? It absolutely is. Um, you know, we had a slight delay. Um, I can't, I'm not allowed to say much because we are coming out of this press release, but we had a slight delay because, uh, you know, we're getting some other big names and, and big companies involved, which uh, all people will be hearing about really soon. And I know the wrestling world, once they hear, they're going to be pretty excited about it. So, you know, I'm just blessed for the opportunities, man. And I'll be doing all the wrestling scenes. So I have an opportunity to uh, get back on the mat now and train. Dude, how, how much over are you from your from your competition days? Like if you had to make 125 <laughs> now, how bad's that cut? Hey, I'm only 138 right now. I was Is that it? To so. That's it. I'm, that- I'm staying lean. Man, that's, that's not bad at all, man. Well, I'd love to chat with you once that year from now, once everything's wrapped up and just understand what that process is like, because it seems like producing in movies is such a monumental task, man. So that would be awesome to hear about it at some point, man. And best of luck to you. We, I can't wait to have it come out. And 
Well, thank you so much, man. And again, I appreciate you taking the time, and I'd love to reconnect again once we get this movie stuff going here. And all great things must come to an end. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, give us a review, give us a rating, and share this with your friends. It would mean the world to us. Thanks for listening to Wrestling Changed My Life.